When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Top, top 10 takeaways. Takeaways. From the top, we have 10. And only 10. And maybe we won't even get to 10. Normally, we give you uh, at least 38 to, to 54 takeaways. I have the flu. I feel terrible. One second, I'm boiling hot. The next second, I'm freezing cold. I can't eat anything. Uh, I can barely uh, drink anything. I'm just trying to drink some water. I feel terrible. It, it's hard to, even if you're, you're seeing this on YouTube and you see the video, uh, maybe I look fine. I don't know. I can tell you I feel awful, but it doesn't matter how I feel. Top 10 takeaways has to happen, and it has to happen from me. I'm the guy that has to do it. Sure, I can say, hey, Theo, do me a solid. Theo's working overtime okay this is my job to do this show okay so i'm gonna do a show it doesn't matter how i feel so let's just go through these games and at some point let me know in the chat there will be 10 takeaways and then i'm just gonna end the show but we're gonna we're gonna get into it because the first things first cowboys Just, oh, Cowboys fans were feeling themselves. Oh, they were feeling it. They were feeling it. They were thinking Super Bowl. Have you talked to Cowboys fans in the last couple weeks? Oh, incorrigible. They're they're feeling it. And then, and then, and then, just a, a blowout like that, even though it's the Bills and they're the most underrated team in the league right now, their record does not, in any way correlate with their uh, point differential. So it was didn't surprise me at all. I mean, it's one of those things where it was surprising to see the Cowboys get blown out, but not shocking. Not shocking. Not shocking. Because this is what they do. This is just as soon as... I mean, Jerry Jones, he must feel cursed at this point. The curse of Jimmy Johnson, where he's just like... Every time I, I, I feel like we've got it, like we're... we're clicking on all cylinders, it's just a big prank. It's just a big prank on Jerry. That's really all it is. But yeah, I, I mentioned to my Cowboy fan friends, I said, well, you know, I, I understand that there's a case to be made for the Cowboys, but you're not getting past the 49ers. So just, you can just end it there, right? You just stop thinking about it. You're, you're going to go down a road of hope that is going to lead to sadness and disappointment. So just don't go there. Just don't, just realize this is the 49ers year and deal with it. And maybe you, you face them in the NFC Championship game. That's still very possible. Cowboys still look like the second best team in the NFC regardless. It's just that the 49ers are so much better. The Falcons are bad. 
Falcons are really bad. So uh, one takeaway that I thought was funny was that there were there were two running backs drafted early in the first round. One of them was Christian McCaffrey. Another one was Bijan Robinson. Another one was Austin Eckler. Right, and if you think about Bijan Robinson putting up zero fantasy points, zero fantasy points in a week where Christian McCaffrey had one of the greatest weeks I've ever seen for a running back. We're talking about 41 fantasy points. Now, it was against the Cardinals, and so yes, we're very happy to start Christian McCaffrey against the Cardinals, but you didn't know he was going to go for 41 points. I mean, this is vintage Christian McCaffrey, though he is experiencing some uh, patellar tendonitis. It's something to monitor. He's going to play through it, I'm sure, but there the some subtle reports about some patellar tendonitis. Watch for that. He's going to play through it. He's going to be fine. Don't worry about that. I can't say the same for B. John Robinson. Though. B. John Robinson had zero fantasy points. I, I mean, I'm, I mean, he had a fumble and 11 rushing yards and a catch for six yards. The difference between Eckler and B. John Robinson and Christian McCaffrey is such a chasm. It's so crazy. And the one stand that we took that got some of the most criticism was I said, do not draft Bijan Robinson. Do not do it. He was on my do not draft list. I'm not doing it, right? I'm not doing it. And Billy Muzio and others were like, this is a second round pick. Like you shouldn't be drafting Bijan Robinson in the first round. And there were all these, all, all this analysis around how he's going to get all the carries and all the touches, even though that wasn't true. There was no way to that, that you could expect Tyler Algier to be totally marginalized. But beyond that, whether you're getting all the touches or not, it's the Falcons. The Falcons are a bad team. So what are we trying to do here? This didn't never made any sense to draft Bijan Robinson in the first round. Just on the the for the one reason and one reason alone that he's on a bad team. So he could be great. And if he's on a bad team, he's on a bad team. I don't, I, it's just, you're trying to fit like a Saquon Barkley level talent through a keyhole of a situation instead of just drafting Christian McCaffrey. And if you can't get McCaffrey, draft a wide receiver. So really the strategy this year was McCaffrey or zero RB. That's when we, when we take a step back, like, there were arguments that could say, oh, well, even in hindsight, going wide receiver in the first round, given that you could get Mostert and some other players later, especially uh, Rashad White, still made sense. No. Now, with all this hindsight, if McCaffrey was there, you draft McCaffrey. If McCaffrey wasn't there, you go wide receiver. And me saying I'm on Ross St. Brown should be the third wide receiver drafted. Looking uh, pretty good. Pretty good. So I just think that Atlanta and their performance was the funniest performance. I mean, it was funny. I mean, I found it funny that Ritter has 150 yards. Algier has twice as many carries as Bijan. Okay. Cordero Patterson has negative yards. Okay. The leading receiver was Janu Smith. Okay. And a week after, it seemed that Bijan, Pitts, and London were all fixed. London's getting all the targets. Pitts is getting touchdowns. Bijan's doing it all. A week later, it's all broken again. It's just, what, what a ride. What a ride Atlanta's been. What a ride. 
And Chuba, though, Chuba's at least the only player, the only player in this game. Okay, think about this. The only player in this Falcons-Panthers game to score more than 10 fantasy points was Chuba Hubbard, and he scored 11. That's a takeaway. I guess that's a t- that's got to be a takeaway, right? So we have a couple takeaways already. We have a takeaway that uh, you know, Chuba Hubbard's the only player that scored more than 10 fantasy points in a particular game, which is embarrassing. The Falcons fixed it all. All the players were fixed, and then all the players were broken again. And it was McCaffrey or zero RB in fantasy drafts this year. So it was McCaffrey as your hero RB or zero RB, and we'll get into it. After this. Oh, I see it every day online, every single day. Hey, that looks like a great fantasy team in an eight-team league. Oh, wish I could be in a league with you, right? Well, guess what? Now you can respond with, sure, let's play on Battle. That's the beauty of this platform. This new Battle platform standardizes all position scoring. So you just load your team and you challenge your friend, your colleague, Twitter troll, and you can browse other teams and issue challenges. Betel is revolutionizing fantasy football. And with code UNDERWORLD, you get a $100 instant deposit match plus a free $10. So even if you deposit 20 you get 50 Think about that. So go to Betel.com. The code is UNDERWORLD. Betel.com. The code is UNDERWORLD. Or click a link in the description. It's fun to be right. Roshan Johnson, six targets. So Roshan Johnson is not dead yet. We are going to continue to advocate for Roshan Johnson this offseason. He's going to be one of my top ads in Dynasty, guy to go trade for, uh, a guy to, to get in every startup. Roshan Johnson, he's going to be the guy I'm keeping up for the most this offseason at running back. I can guarantee you that. Everything is just clicking into place for him to be a monster next year. A guy that, that's 220 pounds with this kind of target volume, is special. That That's it. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. He's at least Ramadre Stevenson, right? Wherever you had Ramadre Stevenson rated last year, well, that's where you should have Roshan Johnson. And Amari Cooper, once again, shredding a secondary that lacks an alpha corner. So that's cool, right? Good. Amari Cooper doing what he does, and now he's officially... No longer outside the top 40 fantasy wide receivers. Looks healthy. And Joe Flacco is a a cheat code for fantasy football. He was last year. Remember, Joe Flacco was the reason why Garrett Wilson had so many good games last year. Joe Flacco was putting up 300 plus yards week in, week out. He and Mike White. How he was as available as he was is shocking to me. Right, The Chargers. The Chargers would have been wise to sign Joe Flacco this offseason. But no. But no. I mean, everybody. Everybody getting fired in Los Angeles with the Chargers makes me very happy. A lot of low-scoring games. 19-16. Texans over the Titans. Case Keenum gets the win. Case Keenum's back in Houston. It's kind of cool. Case Keenum was a prolific Houston Cougar. And now he's a prolific Houston Texan. Well, 229 yards. Not prolific, but he now he is a functional winning Houston Texan. And this was the week, takeaway here, this is a big takeaway, this was the week of the small, slow satellite backs doing their best Christian McCaffrey impression. Devin Singletary putting up 121 yards. 
And then Kyron Williams putting up like 150 plus yards rushing, just rushing with a whole bunch of catches, right? Singletary, five targets. Kyron Williams had more than that. Will Levis uh, sustained an injury, uh, some kind of high ankle sprain. We'll see how we'll see we'll see what comes back on that. That's one to monitor. The Tom Savage corollary that we keep talking about with DeAndre Hopkins was still in effect, right? The Tom Savage corollary says that you're going to get lots of targets as the alpha, as the number one, but not every week those those targets are going to or many of those targets will be catchable, and so. Hopkins, nine targets. Like, that's all you could have asked for. And uh, catches two for 21 yards. Meanwhile, Levis was locked in on uh, Traylon Burks, three for three for 62 yards. Noah Brown, incredible pickup off the waiver wire, 82 yards and a touchdown. Disappointing day for John Mechie. I had hoped that John Mechie would be able to step up into this target void. And no, it's Noah Brown. Damian Pierce, dead. Damian Pierce getting one carry when Devin Singletary is getting 26. I was told that Damian Pierce was just a dog, that he was a machine. So many film grinders loving Damian Pierce. Oh, God, got to get this guy, Damian Pierce. He's a bell cow. He's a workhorse. And then nothing, right? And Devin Singletary, he could very well be nothing next year. Right, the one thing that you know is that if a running back lacks athleticism, then you never know when the next shoe is going to drop and they're going to be on the bench because someone else is better at catching passes or someone else is better at pass protection or whatever it is. Damian Pierce was not productive in college, and he's not particularly athletic. He's just a very tough runner. And while that's nice, and that's you know that's a a, a player that you have a lot of respect for. That's not a guy to be investing in in Dynasty. And neither is Devin Singletary. So if you think that, that, oh, this is the big breakout for Devin Singletary, he's definitely a thing now, he must be good. No. They were playing the Titans, the, they were you know grinding the clock, and decided just to give Devin Singletary all the carries because it was working. I mean, I don't care. I don't care. No one has Devin Singletary that's in this audience in Dynasty. No one with Devin Singletary uh, is trying to trade him, thinking they're going to get a lot in return. So be interesting to look at next week, though. Texans are at home against the Browns. So what we do know is that Devin Singletary is a must-start next week. So they get the Browns at home, and the Browns are a run-funnel defense. So you love that. And then... Devin Singletary gets the Titans at home again in Week 17. So while Devin Singletary is not someone that you're targeting in Dynasty, Devin Singletary is the guy you're going to be starting, and and everyone's like, the league winner, this is the league winner. It would be a sad state of affairs, but very 2023, that no, of all these running backs, you know, it's not Mostert, though Mostert had two touchdowns this week. Mostert was great. Of all the the super late round guys you picked up off the waiver wire, the Kyron Williams, the Raheem Mostert, all the reasons why zero RB or hero RB is the way to go. No, no, no. Of all those guys, it was actually Devin Singletary outproduced them all. I would love to see that. I hope I hope that happens. Just because, who cares? Right? He's a running back on a team, and they're at home, 
and the matchups are good. That's it, right? Clyde Edwards-Solaire, 19 fantasy points. That's got to be that's got to be a career high fantasy points for Clyde Edwards-Solaire. No, actually, it can't be because his first week, his first game as a pro, he went nuclear and convinced everyone to pick him as the over Christian McCaffrey. There was a bunch of people picking him over Christian McCaffrey in high stakes when you can draft on Fridays and Saturdays uh, in, in Vegas at the FFPC and, and other formats. After that Thursday night game has already happened, you can draft. You could draft a player that played already, and you had that information in front of you. Like, oh wow, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, he's happening, man. He's great. He had a great week one. I'm going to pick him ahead of Christian McCaffrey. That's a thing that happened. So this might maybe his second best game ever. If I had to, if I had to guess, I don't know, but maybe he's back. Why not? Right? No Pacheco. I don't know when Pacheco is due to return. Maybe, maybe he comes back this week. Maybe it's, maybe it's the week after. But you keep riding Clyde Edwards-Solaire. If Pacheco doesn't play next week, you play Edwards-Solaire again. Why? Because he's a running back that's getting the carries and he's getting the, the targets. I mean, he had more targets than McKinnon. Rashi Rice, 9 for 9. Unbelievable. Travis Kelsey, the disappointment continues. I mean, did anyone call the cliff here this year for... Travis Kelsey? No. Well, and now he's got this 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 elbow problem. He's got a, a tendonitis or uh, some kind of a, it was a it was a stinger maybe. Actually, I think it was a stinger to his elbow. Some kind of like I don't know something hit the nerve with his elbow. But this is what happens to players that have been healthy their whole career. When the injuries start to come, they start to come in bunches. So. It all sort of aligns with this player's not as explosive as they were. They're not as good at avoiding contact, not as agile, a little stiffer, starting to get hurt. One injury begets another injury. We'll see what happens. But I'm going to monitor this this elbow injury for Kelsey. He was in and out of the lineup, uh, and that's part of the reason why he wasn't as productive. But he just hasn't been Travis Kelsey this year, and he's 34 years old. So guy's 34, and he's not looking like himself. Kevin Harris, Kevin Harris, Kevin Harris. He's the he's the guy behind the guy, right? Four carries, twenty five yards, touchdown. More productive than Ezekiel Elliott. You love to see it. You love to see Kevin Harris, undrafted guy. He didn't get drafted because he had a back problem. That seems to be behind him. He was super talented, highly uh, decorated recruit at uh, South Carolina. I like Kevin Harris. I think he's going to stick in the league. There's a guy. See, there's a guy which you should try to pick up in all formats, just as a stash for the rest of the season, but also in Dynasty. Man, my voice is running out of gas. I'm trying to I'm trying to keep it going. There's uh, nothing to talk about with the Giants Saints, except Alvin Kamara is a more bell cow workhorse running back now than he's ever been. He's more bell cowy than he's ever been. Doubling up the carries of Jamal Williams, 15 fantasy points. Again, we talked about this. Like This guy is going to be a guy that can carry you through the fantasy playoffs. The, the home games or shootouts coming up, and he's going to be getting a lot of touches. And there he is. Camara doing Camara. It's just interesting to see that Camara looks much more Camara than Eckler, looking like Eckler. Right? Eckler looks washed. Camara looks like himself. I did not see that coming. I did not see that. No one did. 
nothing really to talk about with the Jets Dolphins game, except Mostert doing what Mostert does. You love to see it. But notice A Chain, though. A Chain had the three targets, no breakaway runs. We talked about this. A Chain's been living on breakaway runs, and those are not predictable. And so a guy, a guy be careful just you know, extrapolating a running back's production who has been living on a, an inordinate number of breakaway runs. I love this Buccaneers-Packers game. You, you love to see it. Jordan Love played well, though. Like, he didn't throw any interceptions, right? It's just that Baker Mayfield was awesome. Four touchdowns for Baker Mayfield, 381 yards. What happened to this Packers secondary? Rashad White, 21 fantasy points. This is unbelievable. I mean, this is unbelievable. I mean, I am I'm, I'm so happy about this. He's now a top five fantasy running back. So a big problem, I think, that with the... Sometimes when you have an alpha corner, the team is built around that guy. And when that guy is out, like Jair Alexander being out, I think Jair Alexander being out hurts the Packers more than just his ability. It's that they've crafted their entire defense around knowing he's going to be out there. And, okay, this side of the field is taken care of. And when he's out, then the, the, this waterfall effect really challenges the secondary. So I think that, that was probably the most impactful injury uh, or impactful inactive of the weekend. Jair Alexander plays. You know, Chris Godwin's not going off for 155 yards, but you love to see the return of Chris Godwin. I believe that Chris Godwin was dealing with injuries and playing through injuries earlier this year, and he's worked his way through it, and now this is the real Chris Godwin. This is the Chris Godwin we expected when we were saying draft Godwin ahead of Mike Evans. This is what we expected, and yet Mike Evans, what's he doing? Put up 50-plus yards, getting a touchdown. All he does is produce. He's amazing. But if you drafted McCaffrey and Rashad White, if you went hero RB, McCaffrey, Rashad White, I mean, you're you're beyond set up to, for, for success. Jaden Reed, the target leader again. He's the best receiver on the Packers again. Let's just think back and, and remember how many people believed that after Christian Watson, the second best wide receiver on the Packers was Romeo Dobbs. A lot of people believe that. No, it was Jaden Reed. And now Wicks is playing better than, than Dobbs too. So you love to see everybody... Outproducing Dobbs is a good thing. Kyler Murray took a shot to the nuts, and he didn't he didn't have to leave the game, and 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 so he basically stayed in, right? And no one else took any snaps under center. So I appreciate Kyler Murray gutting it out, right? Trey McBride, a hundred yards, ten catches on eleven targets, incredible, incredible. Look at Trey McBride and look at Sam Laporta. Who would have thought? How could anyone have expected that? Not that these particular players would be producing, but that we would have any young tight ends doing this. This is so crazy. They're not the, the tight ends that we're talking about Dallas Goddard. We're talking about Pat Fryermuth. There were these you know late middle round tight ends that looked really attractive. I guess the, the best example, David Njoku, he's hitting in a big way. He hit again this week. And like, hey, we are going to go and Evan Ingram target these tight ends that are athletic. But Trey McBride and Sam Laporta were not even in consideration for being like the best tight ends in the league. 
I mean, think about what's happening right now. Travis Kelsey, he's deteriorating. Mark Andrews, gone. Kyle Pitts, I mean, woof. He's no John O. Smith, right? And now, what do we have? The best performing tight ends in the league are Trey McBride and Sam Laporta. Just think about how crazy that is. That's crazy. Kittle, what about Kittle? Yeah, 52 yards. It's just, it's not comparable. Love to see Purdy come back, by the way. That was that was a, a scary situation. Love to see him come back. Kyron Williams, incredible. Over 150 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Seven targets. What? What? I mean, unbelievable. This guy is slow. This guy is relatively small. I don't believe that long-term he's a bell cow in the league, that he's Christian McCaffrey. But you got to enjoy it. you got to enjoy it because... Who's behind him? Royce Freeman, right? He's the guy. He's just the guy. Like Devin Singletary, same thing. Who's behind him? No one that anyone cares about. Ride that guy. And you can't forget about the 205-pound Ty Chandler getting 26 touches and putting up 24 fantasy points. Just another reason to go hero or zero RB. But be careful investing heavily in these kinds of players in Dynasty. Let's look at the schedule for the Rams coming up. So for the fantasy playoffs, Kyron Williams delivered in week 15. He's playing Thursday night at home against the Saints. You like that? Home game is is what you're looking for. Okay. And then on the road at the Giants, week 17. I don't love that. That's not great. We'll see what happens, right, with the with the game, but I don't I don't love that. I think that Devin Singletary has a better schedule than Kyron Williams coming up. Let's look at the fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs. Eagles are still number one or number 32, however you want to look at it. Give up the least fantasy points to opposing running backs. And the Giants, thankfully, the Giants give up 20.6 fantasy points to opposing running backs. So even though it is a road game, it's technically a good matchup. The Saints don't give up a lot of fantasy points to opposing running backs, but that's a home game. So, good but not great matchups for Kyron Williams. Pristine matchups upcoming for Devin Singletary. Another saying the Browns are a difficult matchup, but uh, again, that's a home game, and the Browns give up a lot of yards to opposing running backs. They're, well, they're middle of the pack. They're middle of the pack in terms of fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs. They just allow a hell of a lot more to running backs than they do quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends on average. Cowboys, Bills. We talked about this earlier. We should talk about James Cook. James Cook is a a total and complete breakaway run machine, right? He had a 24-yard run. He doesn't catch a lot of passes out of the backfield. I know he had uh, three, three targets, two catches. 42 yards. He's a runner. Like, he's 200 pounds, but he is a runner. So tell me, who, who's like McCaffrey? Who's like McCaffrey? Who's like McCaffrey? Well, no one's like McCaffrey. James Cook's not the, t- not the receiver that even Kyron Williams and Devin Singletary is. But he's a slasher. He's a guy that can, you know, run for 50 yards on any given, on any given carry. He's amazing, right, in terms of just pure speed as a runner and... So many NFL teams don't want to give that guy carries. We've seen this time and time again throughout the 
if you're 200 pounds, then you're going to cap out at like 15 carries. But if he's by far and away the best runner on the roster, the guy that's going to, you know, Latavius Murray, Leonard Fournette. What happened to Leonard Fournette, by the way? Where's Leonard Fournette? I don't see him. But just enough already, NFL teams. It doesn't matter if a guy is 190 pounds, 200 pounds. Now, I know Keaton Mitchell out for the season, right? Gruesome injury. It's actually going to affect him in Dynasty. I don't think he's going to be 100% to start 2024. So that's that's a takeaway that you need to be aware of with Keaton Mitchell. But if you asked Keaton Mitchell, he would say, give me the ball. I'll take the ball 20 times. Yeah, I'm undersized, but just give me the ball 20 times. And what I can do with the ball is better is than, than Gus Edwards. I can give you more breakaway runs than Gus Edwards, just like James Cook is going to give you more breakaway runs than Latavius Murray. So just give him the ball. Over and over and over again. Just give him carries. The, the player will tell you if he feels like he's overworked. right? I'm sure that he will tell you if he feels like he's he got nagging injuries and that the, the, the workload is becoming a detriment. He will tell you, NFL teams, it would be amazing if the Dolphins would just give A-Chain 25 carries. Maybe one day they will. That's one team that doesn't necessarily have a size bias, right? And now we're seeing, oh, the Buffalo Bills no longer have a size bias. This is great, right? More and more teams. We talked about the Houston Texans. Apparently, they don't have a size bias anymore. The Rams don't have the size bias anymore. That's a good thing. These guys are the versatile players on your roster that you're not telegraphing what you want to do by having them in the backfield. So very... Uh, sort of heartening workloads for small running backs and then to see them deliver 150-plus yards on multiple occasions, I mean, amazing, right? That's exactly what we're that, – that, that was – that's probably my biggest takeaway from this weekend is it seems that the NFL is finally curing this big back size bias that they have. I mean, I mean, I know Keaton Mitchell's out for the year, so you might say, well, yeah, but he only, he, he only had nine carries. He didn't even have 10 carries. But what'd he do? 73 yards. Gus Edwards had 16 carries and far fewer yards. And uh, ETN, this was an unfortunate time. The fantasy football playoffs, an unfortunate time for him to finally uh, put up a dud performance. So that was, uh, that was a bummer. And Calvin Ridley, by the way. Calvin Ridley, wow. Calvin Ridley. 12 targets. Incredible, right? 12 targets. Wow. That's really impressive. No Christian Kirk. You're damn right. Calvin Ridley's going to get 12 targets. He's going to be awesome for your fantasy team. He's going to be incredible. You got to got to have Calvin Ridley in your lineup. He's he's that good, isn't he? Isn't he? I mean, the Jaguars are such pretenders. I mean, it's just it's it's the pretender of the I mean, it's the most pretender organization in sports. And this is certainly the pretender of all pretenders in the NFL. I mean, they were at home, and they just got owned, just worked by the Ravens. Isaiah Likely, though. I mean, look at Isaiah Likely. Just another one of these tight ends that's in his rookie year, second year, that's out here delivering in a big way. So if anyone picked up Isaiah Likely after the Mark Andrews injury, a lot of these tight end premium leagues, this is a must-start now. He is a must-start probably have difficult lineup decisions because if you're in a tight end premium league or even if you're not 
you knew Isaiah likely was a good pickup with Mark Andrews getting injured. And now you have George Kittle, or in this case, if you had, let's say you had Evan Ingram and you picked up Isaiah likely, you were starting Evan Ingram this week. And that could be the difference. That could be the reason why you lose. It's heartbreaking. Now with a Trey McBride, with a Sam Laporta, those guys were must starts already. But with Isaiah Likely, I can see there must have been a bunch of people, and you can let me know in the chat, were there a bunch of people that couldn't quite bring themselves to starting Isaiah Likely because they had a Kittle or they had an Ingram or they had a Kelsey? No. I mean, of course you're starting Kelsey, but oh no, you should have started Isaiah Likely. It's crazy. But uh, yeah, Calvin Ridley, speaking of crazy, this is the craziest thing. And uh, I'm just going to tell you, I'm going out on this. I can't believe that uh, I went over 30 minutes. I didn't think I was going to last 20. So I appreciate my voice cooperating and my body cooperating. And I know this was by far and away the worst show we've ever had. This, this show was the worst. It doesn't get any worse than this show. This was a terrible show. But would it have been better hosted by someone else? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. But maybe. And uh, it, it doesn't really matter. Because this is my job. And I am doing my job. And I am doing this as much for you as I am myself to prove to myself that I could do this. Calvin Ridley dropped a touchdown. And then, amazingly, caught another touchdown. Very next play. Caught another touchdown. And they waved it off on an awful call. So, no matter what happens... Calvin Ridley is not scoring touchdowns, and it's either his fault or the ref's fault or whoever's fault it is. Calvin Ridley can't score touchdowns. Think about how crazy that is. That's crazy. That's crazy.